welcome, 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 Hi. everyone, to Therapy of the Absurd. Hey. <laughs> Episode 14. <laughs> yes, way deep into October. Well, you can feel the cold air start to go across California, making its way into the bosom of Southern California. Yes, I, I made that, that up. I was like, wait, you started no, with this tell. Lord of the Rings accent, and then what was the ending of it? That was not Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so I, I guess to get it out of the way, I've been dealing with a bit of a sore throat this week, and that sucks. Especially when you like you're trying to tell your bosses, "Oh, I can work from home just fine," and over Zoom, they're like, "What did you just say?" <sighs> uh, I don't think I don't think it's gonna get any better if you bring me in right now. Um, so, <laughs> but let's see. Maybe the beer will help. Maybe the beer will help. It's tequila. Don't you know? That's the whole Latino thing where they're like, if you're sick, tequila. Oh, I can't All drink tequila. I can't either. <laughs> I'm, I, I wake up with regrets every single time I drink tequila. That's like not. I would rather just be miserable for a week with like a sore throat or cough than regret the next day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my biggest problem is that tequila tastes like bile at first Ooh. anyway. Ooh. Like, Ew. the minute I drink it, it's like, oh, that tastes like my bile. So maybe I make tequila. What nasty-ass tequila have you been drinking? Like, Well, Jose Cabo, Cuervo is Ca pretty crap. Uh, Cabo Wabo is supposed Wabo. to be good, right? Cabo Wabo is good. That's Cabo Wabo? Semi -semi that sounds like... Cabo Wabo. What is that? It sounds like a it's restaurant. A, it's yes, a it is a restaurant. <laughs> it's a tequila. It's, <laughs> made it's by, actually what is it? a tequila? Yeah, it's made, it's by made by Sammy Hagar. Yep. It's, you know, it's, smooth. it's so good. The, the, the second best singer of Van Halen. I hope he doesn't see this. Well, it's, um, it's very, <laughs> it's, it's a strong tequila, Stacey. He's seeing you but, from above, <laughs> But it doesn't have like uh, a crap ton of burn to it. Like yeah. most tequilas. But it, it's so smooth that it, it it's actually scary <laughs> because you can have several shots and not even realize, oh shit, I just had six. <laughs> you know? Who are you the next day? <laughs> hey, guys. Have you guys you ever gotten so drunk that you regretted your entire week or something? Like you would wake up two days later? Oh, no. I've never gotten that drunk. I, I've gotten so really? drunk that I've danced on a table for dimes that were being thrown at me. I know that. Oh, I mean, I, I don't remember it, but I know it happened. You stripped for 10 cents? Well, I wasn't stripping. No, I was just dancing on a backyard table. That was back when I was only 115 pounds, so. <laughs> that was a long time ago. So so like, the table didn't break. Now, if I did it now, that table would be broken. I'd be like, I'm sorry. Here you go. Have another table. I'm sorry. I just prefer to stick to imagining you stripping going boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, boom, chicka, chicka, wow, wow. Well, at this age, I could wear pasties. Um, so. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, man. I think I the only. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't think I can make them like go in different directions though. Oh um, Lord. I think the only the, the only time I got really hammered was with my sister. Uh it was in uh Marina del Rey. There I forget the name of the bar, it was an Irish pub and they do turtle races. And she got me all these different shots and eventually I knew I was really hammered when I had to go to the bathroom and I could not fucking hit the piss in the toilet, dude. <laughs> it felt like I was on a fucking seaboat. I was like, whoa, bro, this toilet's moving. <laughs> you know I what? I gotta hit it in the toilet. <laughs> Can't yeah. do it, Captain. 
<laughs> I did. You, you know, speak, speaking of which, I actually have I actually have a funny story about drinking so much that involves urination. Ew. Yes. Oh yes. No. Not dr- not drinking the urination, <laughs> but so my my friend uh, Mark and I. I wonder if he's watching. We once, you know, when we were younger, we used to get hammered like on Friday nights, and then I'd like, you know, crash at his house because we were so hammered now and then. And I remember this was back when I used to drink tequila because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, so I hammered like a six pack of tequila that that grows crap. I mean, never let it get warm. And uh, I had this dream that he got up off the couch where he was sleeping and peed in the middle of his living room. I'm like, well, if that's where we do it, that's where we do it. So I got up and went to the same space I saw in my dream and start peeing. And then I hear his voice go, what the fuck are you doing? And I go, I'm going to finish and then I'm going to clean it, okay? And he just starts busting up. He's like, why would you do that? I go, I thought I saw you do it. I guess it was a dream. Oh. <laughs> I, do, I, I would just put a fucking diaper on it if it gets I, that bad. Fuck. I almost got punched by a, a childhood actor because I got so drunk. I was I was really bad. It was my early 20s and... Um, Every time I end up on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, we're like Vine and Highland. It's just a lot of regrets the day after. And um, I was <laughs> going to drink with, with some friends and I got plastered. Like I had drank so much. I was obnoxious. Like really, you know, you know the drunk girl, I was the drunk girl. And I remember we were, I was just like trying to walk and I was stumbling. And then I saw this guy and I was like, I pointed at him. I was like, hey, aren't you that Terminator kid? Like I legit pointed at this guy. This guy was ready to punch me in the face. Edward Verloin? Was it really Edward? Yes, it was. And, and (laughs) he got arrested that same night because he, uh, he had a restraining order against him from his ex-wife and he ended up violating it and went to jail. So I, at least I wasn't the only drunk one, but I, I definitely, if I would have gotten punched, I would have deserved it. I was the obnoxious drunk girl. Like every obnoxious drunk girl just needs to get pushed or send, (laughs) you know, like send for yourself. You're annoying. It's kind of funny, because did, why didn't you start out by asking him, hey, I really like how you did that pre-pubescent voice the whole time. Was that hard to do? The fact oh, that I formed this sentence is fascinating, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was really, I, I, that's all I remembered from that night, because I remember pointing at him, and that is the most rude thing you can do. And, again, I'm surprised I didn't get punched, so... I mean, have you taken care of, of the nasty drunk girl, like those annoying girls? Like, or are you um, the nasty drunk girl, Dan? I, I, no, no, houses? actually, it's kind of funny. I'm usually a guy that ends up being the, the most sober one because I don't have the same tolerance other people do, or I just, like, don't think I do. Um, I have driven, um, like, you know, girls home that are really hammered. There was one girl that back in the day, she got hammered at a party, and everybody's like, can you drive her home? I go, well, her mom likes me, so I guess I'll be the one to drive her home. She could not get off the, the lawn, and luckily her mom looked at me and goes, ah, I know you didn't do this. Someone else did. I, yeah, sure, <laughs> someone else did. No, which was true. I got there to the party. She was already hammered, so she she was having issues. Uh, but the last time I was kind of like the most sober one it was a bachelor party. 
where we got a limo and we're going around to different uh <laughs> we're going around to different uh uh what's it called places like breweries and rancho and everything like that in this limo but before we got to any of the breweries one of the friends went and here's the bottle of fireball and started filling up champagne flutes of fireball one of the most disgusting things in the world of course we all finish ours which wasn't a good idea so we just keep drinking i remember little bits of it here and there and then i started being more sober when we got to the piano bar in claremont so the piano <laughs> bar was going to be our last place where they have the dueling pianos right I'm standing there, and I look at my friend, I go, they're not going to let us in. And he goes, they're going to let us in. They're going to let us in. <laughs> so I see him walk up, and I see the guy at the front just stand up off his stool and go, hey, buddy, I can smell you from the end of the ramp. What? Oh, come on, man. It's my bachelor party. No, man. Turn around. And I, I'm laughing. I turn around, and I look, and our other friend has taken off his Hawaiian shirt. He has his wife beater on. He's thrown up all over the front of it. Oh. Standing, standing underneath the streetlight going, are they going to let us in? That's so gross. <laughs> and I just, oh. I'm just laughing in between them on the sidewalk, looking one way, then the other going. <laughs> we're, not, we're not getting in there. Not at all. Anyways, li the limo driver was really nice, though. He goes, look, you threw up inside the limo. You give me a hundred bucks, I clean it up. Or I just take it back and they charge you 300 bucks. And it's like here's a hundred bucks. Guess you're cleaning up. I, I think I think uh, the guy at the bar when I played the, there's a bar in Torrance called the Crest, and we played there several times. There's a a friend of my brother's. His name is Roach, and he you know he's at the show partying, and I think he got he got in a fight with this one dude, right? But the fight only lasted with one blow, one blow because they both obviously were drinking too much, and the, and Roach, Roach got socked in the stomach so hard, so hard. Luckily, he was wearing tidy whities because he shit his pants. Ew! That is disgusting. Is that lucky, though? Because that just holds it in. <laughs> like, like, wouldn't it be how? better just be wearing loose boxers and let it go to the floor? And... <laughs> how is that possible? Like, is there a, a button somewhere in the intestine if you press it? <laughs> Well, there is that problem. You drink a little too much, and it does turn your poop into diarrhea. All right, for this is getting yes. disgusting. This yeah. conversation is over. Oh, <laughs> by the way, Ronnie, thank you so much. Please tell your wife thank you. The cutest thing ever. Baby oh, Yoda. You, okay. You, she sent you. you that? Yes. You lucky support bastard. Etsy. Support her Etsy. I was supporting her Etsy store, but oh, I okay. loved it. Yeah. So I am a big fan of Etsy stuff. So she she sent me the link after Ronnie mentioned it. Nice. And uh, I got baby Yoda. Baby That's baby cute. Yoda. If you know, well, to, if you have the Etsy link, I don't have it. If you do, I'll have to put it on the next show. If you want, you can put it in the chat. It's up to you, though, if you have it on you. Uh, let me see if I can send it over, but we'll have it. If we don't have it today, today's next episode, time. we'll have it next one. Yep. Yep, we'll have it on. Do you want me to post that up, Dan? Well, this is our segment we're going into today. Now, I, it's kind of funny because I remember during our meeting, I said, this is going to be easy as pie to make this. If you put that up, go ahead. <laughs> yes, Stephen. sir. Putting it up right now. Some of the most haunted places in the world. Now, I thought this was easy because I thought I was going to find a bunch of articles that agreed. No, I did not. <laughs> what I had to do was go through about 15 articles and a few YouTube <sighs> videos, and I tallied the, the places that they mentioned the most for this list. These are the sixth most uh, mentioned places. So, 
what do we think the first one is? Um, and then maybe if we have time, I'll talk to you about some of the honorable mentions that showed up. Yeah. Uh, so first we have... I don't know. Bangar Fort in Rajasthan. I didn't say that right. It's in India. It's a fort in India, everyone. Rajasthan? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Bangar Fort Rajasthan, yes. India. Hello, everybody. Okay. Oh, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Hank Azaria, stop doing that. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the same thing. I'm like, uh, we're going to be in trouble to do that. <laughs> well, okay. So this, this is about 100 miles southwest of Delhi in the ruins of is the ruins of Benga Fort, also known as Boot Bangla, the Fort of Ghosts. It has been deserted since around 1783 and was once inhabited by wealthy people, the Pawali Brahmins. Pawal, I'm not saying that right. Anyways, there's two stories that explain the fate of this fort. Uh, there was once a curse from a holy man who forbade the height of buildings to be taller than his own, and when a building cast a shadow over his own house, he was said to have cursed the town. And apparently, if anyone attempts to build a roof for the fort nowadays, it will collapse. Okay? It's also believed to be cursed by a disgruntled sorcerer, because you know those guys are dicks, <laughs> after he was rejected by a local princess. A minister named Salem Singh fell in love with the villager's daughter and ordered to marry and in order to marry her threatened villagers with irrationally high taxes to protect themselves and the girl from the evil minister the villagers left the place overnight yeah fuck this guy we would rather move but not to, without cursing it it is believed that no one can dwell in the peace uh, in peace as the evil aura lurks in the town till this date Locals are beyond scared of the place and to a point where they have a saline that translates to, if you air enter this area, you will not return. So there are ghost sightings over the past two centuries here, and by law, you're not allowed to enter this place after sunset. Wow. Do you guys, like, believe that there are, like, areas that are haunted, just, like, open land? Like, mm, well, well, you go first, Dan. I mean, they could just be putting the legends because this is where Bilderberg wants to have one of their ceremonies. <laughs> Bilderberg. <laughs> Frog, the frogs are turning gay. You're not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I do believe, I mean, I don't know. I believe there could be bad energy or whatever. But as far as like haunted, haunted, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd have to see it with my own eyes, honestly. Well, let's see this next place. What do we think this place is? Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel, Canada. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that almost looks like the Overlook Hotel slightly. That, that was yeah, one of the honorable mentions, but it did not make the list. Mm. Was the, the Estes Park. The, the one from uh. Colorado based off The Shining? Uh, that's the Overlook, yeah, but it's actually not called the Overlook. It's called the Estes Park uh, Hotel, I believe. I, I have oh, a list okay. somewhere. Hmm. But this is a 131-year-old uh, hotel styled after a Scottish bar baronial castle, and it's known for its amazing views of Banff, Banff National Sherman, Park in Alberta, Sherman, Canada. Canada. Wow. And also for guests who have checked in but never checked out. Ooh, yeah. No, th no yeah. thanks. No thanks. <laughs> its famous ghosts include a bride who fell down the staircase, breaking her neck after panicking at when her dress caught on fire. She's often seen in the ballroom dancing. In, with the flames coming off the back of her dress. So not only was her dress on fire, she fell and broke her neck in the process. Yeah, that's better than burning to death, I think. But I mean, do you die? How about no death? Do you die instantly when they break your neck? Or I don't know. Like a movie? 
I don't know. Cliche. No, you get to look around for about 10 seconds is what uh, I do. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I watched the boys. I finally went around to watch the boys. And um, I am so glad that I did not eat before watching the majority of those episodes. Oh, yeah. My wife really liked the whale part. We were eating <laughs> during that. Oh, man, um, now, also, there was a family murdered in room 873. Paranormal activity in 873 has gotten so intense, like bloody handprints on the mirrors, that the hotel decided to brick up the room. So now it just looks like the rest of the hallway, but it's claimed the family can still be seen in the hallway outside where the room door used to be. Wow. Ooh. That's crazy. Ooh, baby. So, the, But uh, here's my favorite. There's also a former bellman, Sam McCauley, who served in the hotel during the 60s and 70s, still likes helping guests to their rooms dressed in his 60s uniform. But if you try to tip him or make conversation, he disappears. Wow. That's crazy. I always, I always question, like, is that really a real thing? Like, you actually see apparitions and full body figures. I mean, I always feel like that's always been, like, something that's fake. Yeah, I'm, cu- I'm curious. But I what have if to he's see just, I mean, what if he's just a bellman that, like, he's just a dick? Like, if you try to talk to him, he's like, you know what? Just take your fucking bags. And then he, like, walks away and, like, oh, he disappeared. <laughs> so maybe maybe he's not paid a fair hourly wage, man. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he comes from a country where they don't tip and he sees it ah. as an insult. Ah, no. <laughs> just slaps people. <laughs> How that? dare you? One <laughs> dollar? Fuck you! By the way, <laughs> this is now part of the Fairmont chain of luxury hotels, also known as the Castle of the Rockies, and it remains a popular year-round resort. You could stay here. <laughs> no thanks. So I want. I do it. <laughs> could you imagine someone coming up? I'd like to stay in room eight seventy three. It goes, hey, you're number fifty today, Dick. So anyway, uh, <laughs> how about this next place? Ooh. Hoya Bachu Forest, Romania. Romania. Where Dracula. Yes, well, yeah. it is It is in Transylvania. And it's the most scary site to the Transylvanians. More so mm. than Dracula Castle. Yeah, that those trees are bending really weird. Yeah, there's actually another place in Poland like this. <laughs> this has not been explained by any scientists yet. They, they, have, they thought, well, maybe when they're saplings, the snow comes and it bends them down because it's so heavy. Yeah. And then they end up growing that way. But they're like, yeah, but they would usually trees spring back. Um, they have no idea how this is done. They thought it was man-made, but it's like, uh, who did it then? Um, there's a thin layer of mist usually. It blankets the forest floor and obscures these uh, trees. And wow. there's a, it's pretty much completely silent in the forest. And um, local legends say that there's ghosts in there. It's actually called the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania. It's rumored to have huh. a, a strange portal through which people disappear. Wow. I would think Suicide Forest would be much more scarier than a place <laughs> like this. This, You know what's weird? That was only mentioned twice in the articles. This was mentioned, really? about, this was mentioned about five times in the articles. That oh, I went wow. through. So that that's the whole thing is like some of them, I, there was things like Alcatraz. I was like, I want to talk about that. But you know what? Not mentioned enough. I had to go through some sort of discipline here. I mean, the way that most a majority of tourists that visit Suicide Forest encounter either a corpse or somebody in process of killing themselves is insane. I would think that that would be one of the creepiest places, not because of also being haunted, but... The fact that you're probably going to leave with some type of trauma after visiting. <laughs> like, like you want to come see a dead body? Come here. Or you want to see somebody kill themselves? Come here. Like, I would think Suicide Forest would be, like, 
on top. Like I would, I would, I would definitely consider that place super haunted. Well, I heard, I, I have heard of the suicide forest. You can also get in trouble on YouTube. I don't think that worked for Logan Paul. <laughs> he got in trouble. <laughs> Um, by the way, so uh, a local shepherd and a sheep are said to have vanished in the woods. That tells you how far back people have been telling the stories, like someone give a shit. Um, but um, <laughs> a military technician captured a photograph of a UFO hovering over the forest in 1968, which gained the forest paranormal nor- notoriety over the world. That's funny that says that got paranormal notoriety when they're talking about a UFO. But um, some believe it's a portal that causes disappears to, uh, visitors to disappear. Those who have passed through the forest without disappearing have reported rashes, nausea, and feelings of anxiety. Wow. So, yeah. Yep. It looks like a bunch of Slenderman chairs right here, I guess. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, the Council weird. of Slenderman. <laughs> yes. And it's kind of funny. These are actually both pictures of the same place. So not the, cur- the curved... Uh, Trees are not always all over the place, but there's also a place in Poland that actually has more of these. Do you so, have another place, kind sir? Well, I do have another place, kind sir. Oh, they look yeah. like hipster chairs, those. Hipster chairs. <laughs> the Tower of London. Yeah, I've heard that being haunted. They have a Scooby Doo episode or two they with actually... that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the beef eater. Um, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, on the tower, the Tower of London is one of London's bloodiest sites, where, with over a thousand years of history of ghastly happenings, including gruesome executions, murders, and torture. But a lot of beheadings, it's, right? Yeah, it's said to be haunted mm. by the ghost in, of, of dozens of prisoners that were held at the tower. Former queens Anne Boleyn and Catherine mm. Howard were held, had, held there until beheaded by Henry VIII. Anne Boleyn is often seen, sometimes with her head under her arm, on the Tower Green <laughs> and inside the chapel located within the White Tower. Mm. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't get me to sleep in there. I I know for a fact that grisly, grisly shit happened in that fucking place. No I, it's I, it's crazy though. Imagine <clears throat> a lot of um a lot of royalty were just killed because they were royalty based off you know assumptions or stuff like that. And imagine how many innocent people actually were beheaded. I or would want to haunt witches the witches too. Oh, Which yeah, the, like Salem, mm. yeah, definitely. But the, the fact that in reference to, like, locations such as these, I would, yeah. I, if I was killed um, with, like, I would just want to come back and haunt these people. I'd be like, bitch, I'm not leaving. I'm like, fuck you guys <laughs> up for killing me. Like, we're doing this. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. And then the visitors noted that uh, experiencing repulsive smells, ice cold rooms, and sightings of ghosts surrounding the tower. So now, yeah, if you told me this was haunted, I'd I'd actually, even if I'm not a deep deep believer in stuff like that, I I might believe there's an energy in this fucking place because people have really fucking got tortured and died in this fucking place, and oh, we know that. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay, just a random question: Have <laughs> did you guys ever watch Growing Up Scariest Places on Earth? That was on. ABC Family, I think that was the channel name back then, with Linda Blair as the the host, and then that tiny little lady from Teen Witch as the voice, which made it even sound creepier. Fooling Roach. I never saw that, I think. You never watched Scariest Places on Earth? No, I probably didn't. I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I would. I would. I would be like. <laughs> uh, she's um, like, I will kill you, suckle. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't make me like Mr. T at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice jeans you got on there, boy. Mm. 
<laughs> we know where that's going. I would just pull people's <laughs> hair in and like I'd be like, it's the Hispanic in me. I just want to pull your hair and let just you know have I'm a ch- here. Chancla, dude. Yeah, chancla. just throwing shoes. I, we've heard that's a thing. <laughs> like, nin- like ninja stars and shit. <laughs> What's your magical superpower? I feel chanclas. <laughs> that's right. Hell yeah. Well, our next place here oh, yeah, is Eastern uh, State Penitentiary, Philadelphia. First of all, it's in Philly, so you know the cream cheese is haunted. No, but um, I've heard probably. of this place repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, it's really actually not. where some of the country's most notorious criminals and Honey and Clyde, right? Harshest prison punishments in American history. Why? Uh, like, didn't they, weren't they killed before they even? Well, they're they're. I'll get to who is in there. It's actually. Yeah. It's called it's called the very first true penitentiary in the world, and it ran from 1829 till 1971. And then, based on some Quaker beliefs, it had infamously strict rules, which encouraged isolation and punishment. It was one of the first prisons to institute solitary confinement, which leads to insanity. Prisoners were also left wet and cold until ice formed on their bodies, or even given an iron gag that made their tongues bleed. Prisoner prison guards took to hooding the inmates whenever they ventured outside of their cells further, and the only source of light was the skylight, which was believed to bring the prisoners the light of God. This is super creepy. So famous inmates included Al Capone and Willie Sutton. Willie Sutton is claimed to be one of the ghosts that you'll see there. I didn't look up a lot about him, but uh, Al Capone we know about, right? Oh, yeah, any of the famous gangsters, for sure. Yeah, and in uh, the 1990s, a locksmith was helping restore the cell when he says a, a negative energy overcame him and he would left him temporarily paralyzed before he saw the visions of faces appear on the walls. Wow. Since then, countless other true ghost stories, well, ghost stories have emerged from visitors who have reported seeing shadowy figures or the hearing of eerie giggles, whispers, disembodied laughter, pacing footsteps, and wails. Some of the ghosts spotted still wearing the sacks over their heads. Wow. I believe it's been featured in a lot of ghost paranormal TV shows because it's known to have a lot of activity. Um, I, th- I I think ev- anywhere from like ghost hunters. I actually think Scariest Places on Earth probably did also feature this place, which, by the way, this show is like almost 20 years old. I think maybe a little older. Um, but th- apparently this is like a prime hotspot. So if at any point you want to question whether it's real or not, maybe this is the type of place you guys want to visit. No, yeah, I, I think, yeah, if you're looking for something, like to see something, if that's even a possibility, yeah, you want to go to a place where there was a lot of pain and suffering. For sure, there's, you, you, I'd say you have a higher possibility, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever it would be. <laughs> and this is now a museum and cultural exhibit that sometimes hosts Halloween celebrations, so. Holy shit. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, you can actually wow. go here now. Our last place, so scary. Number one mentioned place. You're not even allowed to go there. My bathroom? No. <laughs> no. Not even during the day like Clean the one in bathroom, India. Clean your bathroom, Stefan. It's good, I swear. <laughs> yeah. No, don't worry. The cat must have left those hairs there. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> we I don't know if I said that right. Island in Italy. This was the most mentioned place. This was in in the majority of the articles that I looked up. They all wanted to mention this place. They they were intrigued by it. Um, it's a short trip from world famous Venice and view, viewable from the beaches of Lido. The island was used as a quarantine station for over 160,000 people suffering from bubonic plague in the 20th century. 
Ugh. It was also used as storage space for Napoleon's weapons, and later a mental asylum in the 1920s where illegal experiments were done on its oh. patients. Yeah, it is called the most haunted in island in the world. Yeah. Yeah, there's something going on in there. Fuck that. Some some mm. house on haunted hill shit going on. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> completely abandoned and illegal to visit. Illegal. Past uh, travelers have heard screams and voices on the island. Locals still hear claim to hear the uh, bells echoing from this tower, from the mainland. <laughs> and wow. visitors who have seen he, visitors who actually were on shore before it got locked up, seen human bones wash up on shore, and the hu- island soil is said to be composed of fifty percent human ash from the amount of cremations wow. that were done on the island. Oh my gosh! So you can grow a lot of really uh, tasty plants there. Oh yeah, and grow some great weeds. These are tomatoes are so juicy. Uh, <laughs> why the price is so good? Um, <laughs> many visitors say they begin to feel an oppressive, evil feeling as soon as they step on the island. And ghost hunters love this spot, claiming it's a site with all kinds of ghost activity. But the st- the island is not technically open to the public. There are some tour operators that will take you around the island, but basically locals will not. Like you say, I want to go on the island. I go fuck you, swim. Like, <laughs> I'm not going. Like, yeah, you said the one word that would prevent me from going island. It's on a fucking island. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. Just row, row, row your boat. Yeah. Down the stream. Maybe it's, not come back, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and isn't it weird how, like, a lot of times just to make things creepy, they just need to show you beds with no mattresses on? Like, you're like, oh my God, that is so creepy. Like, that's going to be a horrible night's sleep. Wait, oh, I'm really Lord. curious what does happen to these mattresses. Do people just come in and steal the mattresses? I don't know. Why yeah. are the beds always on the <laughs> show to her without mattresses? Some guy went and he left it next to the trash cans of a bunch of people on their street, so it looked like everybody threw up their mattress at once to make like some weird urban legend. Oh, but... my Lord. I don't know. But that, you know what's crazy, though? I, especially after I went to um, that place in Williamsburg, that feeling you get is really real. Like, it, it's weird. It's like a pressure to your chest type thing. It's not even like anxiety. When you have anxiety, you feel like like you're having a heart attack or you feel antsy. No, it's just this weird, random pressure. Like, something is just embracing you. It's weird. Like, I I questioned it before. I, I Once I did, like, feel something like that when I went to, like, the death museum. But... That was the last time, and that was a long time ago. And then I went there, and I was like, "Oh my god, it feels something weird." And and you can prove it in the video. Like I mentioned, feeling weird, and then that stuff started happening, and all those little orbs and stuff. So yeah, I think it's a real thing. Well, I I've been to the uh, Phillips Mansion a couple times in uh, Pomona. Uh, that was uh, I think a craft crew dude. He mentioned it a couple times, and it's kind of funny because you, you you can hear this high pitched sound, and something feels weird as you go in. But then, you know, after you learn a little bit, you kind of go, the electricity in here is bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it is. They have old electricity, old wires, and that's what you're hearing. Oh, Just yeah. really. But, but, it, but it is kind of weird. The walls are thick in those old places, by the way, too. Like, super thick. You could get away with a lot in your next bedroom. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, anyways. What? What? You can get a lot done in your bedroom. <laughs> that, yeah, that's why they had a lot more kids back then. It's like they didn't oh, worry yeah. about them hearing through the wall. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Did you just Kool-Aid man that stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
or oh, or uh, what is it? Uh, that one. Is that, is that exactly what you say when you're done? <laughs> go, oh yeah! <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. You only say it as you break on through. No, that's, um, that, that's right. <laughs> you ever wonder if Kool Aid Man, the face is on the jar or it's on the Kool Aid? Ooh. No, it's. A, I think it's like a like condensation type thing, or that's. I think this is like Kool Aid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we want to bring up our next guest, or bring up our guest, one of our guests. Yes, let's go ahead and bring her on. All right, let me play the video. I'm from Russia. <laughs> the country about your vodka. <laughs> and caviar. <laughs> and your current president. <laughs> You're welcome. When I came to the States, I didn't speak very good English. I didn't know what ADD, STD, DUI meant until I got one of each. And I actually came here to work as a model. And in my very first photo shoot, photographer goes, hey, Irina, do you wanna pose for a Playboy? And I'm like, oh my God, you mean like fully naked? That's just insulting. It pays $25,000. I meant to say inspiring. <laughs> my English not so good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Irina. Hey. Hi. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? I am good. I just uh, watched a little bit of the debate before I came on and post-debate conversations. And I have to tell you that uh, haunted places from around the world are much more fun. <laughs> Wait, are they actually in the same room right now? Or, or are they I think so. I think. Are they? Uh, I know. I was afraid I to watch. I didn't want to do a virtual one. So are they in the same room um they i didn't see they were like two separate cameras i imagine they are i don't know oh. i didn't I see them in the same room but um i saw two heads one next to another <laughs> <laughs> they, they at least had the sneeze guard down the middle so do they? i don't know like a salad this bar this what this looked like uh, oh, oh, maybe they goodness. are they. Like, that's typical, though. Actually, right? no, they're not. They're probably not that close. Seeing how how well, they have I the arms, I doubt it. They'd be holding well, hands. I know, huh? <laughs> I like you too. I would have been like, put me on the other side of the room, like, uh, like not six feet, more like thirty feet. Like I would well, not I mean, be anywhere yeah. near this man. I, like, I, yeah, I don't care if he just got over COVID, whatever. They, I don't want to be near the dude because I mean, he, he, he could get it. He could get it again. Oh, not even just um, that. Like, I, he would. He seems like he'd give me like freaking flu or something. Just anything. He doesn't care. Herpes. 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 <laughs> I, I think I would need to be really, really close in order to get herpes from somebody like that. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if Trump has herpes, I guess the thing that's helping him out is all those burgers at night. They keep him nice and healthy. So you know. nice and healthy. Yeah. That. That's. By the way, that's. 
that's a that's a cure for herpes is you just eat McDonald's every single night if in case ah. anyone wanted to know. Yeah. Now we know. Hello, everyone who suffers from herpes. Donald Trump <laughs> has a cure for you. And it's not bleach. No. But side effects might include sitting on the toilet at four in the morning and tweeting vigorously. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you so angry? <laughs> the McRib. The McRib makes me angry at night. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I, 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 I really hope. Did people actually drink bleach? I'm, I'm just curious. Like people have contemplated actually. Like, they they, they won't come back really... to tell us. They won't come back to tell us. I know. That's what I'm, I'm like, well, I don't think they would have survived in order to do that. But I just this entire. Whole well, thing if they if they do survive, it, and that's a big if, they will have the shortest intestines uh, you ever seen. If oh yeah. Live. You know. Yep, yep, yep. But yep. now we get to go back to Irene. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I, I like have a very important question just because <laughs> I feel like I have to ask this. Um, are they still doing Playboy parties at the Playboy Mansion? So uh, they are not doing Playboy parties at the Playboy Mansion, also because Playboy Mansion got sold after Mr. Hafner passed away. Actually, got sold before he passed away, but he got to spend his remaining days in there. So there's no more parties in the mansion. However, you know, the company still exists and occasionally they are Playboy licensed events and Playboy events. Mm. But um, I haven't really been working for them ever since I turned 40, so I won't <laughs> <try>. <laughs> I turned 40 this year. Yay. Well, did you, did you oh, actually for some time there, uh, uh, you know, do what is um, portrayed on TV, be one of the girls that's just hanging around in the background? Or was that only for TV shows and, and movies and stuff? Oh, I, I did that, but we actually had functions. So the girls that are hanging out in the background, they actually don't get paid. They just are invited and they want to be other girls that are in magazines. I'm not saying like playmates, but hypothetically, yes. Actually, I usually work the parties where I would either be giving tours around the Playboy Mansion where you actually have to know extensive history and you can't drink and you have to wear, you know, high heels. <laughs> Wait, you can't drink? Oh, gosh, man. You can't drink at work. Or I would be a Playboy bunny where I would be posing in my bunny costume and, you know, for photo ops for guests. So, um, and to address your question, the weird part is that I feel like I haven't seen any craziness because I would come to the party, I would do my job or go home or come as a guest, hang out, go home. And then I hear all the crazy stories, like what went on and where and all the celebrities that were there. And I'm like, I don't know, haven't seen anyone didn't see anything so i'm i feel like a dork i would totally miss all the fun stuff <laughs> you're like oh i'm working while they're having fun no well, you know there were some like good times at the playroom i am going, going to step right out for a brief moment i am so <laughs> sorry i will come back with a surprise stefan is going to take it from here no worries right <laughs> she she really made it through here <laughs> 
<laughs> so the next thing she was going to ask is what uh, got you into doing stand-up comedy? So I've been modeling ever since, you know, I appeared in Playboy. I moved to United States and I modeled for a very long time. And somewhere down the line, I started acting where people would be like, oh, we need a Russian girl, or you can be a funny foreign girl who doesn't speak a word of English. So I started booking those roles and I started sort of like, you know, being around the comedy world and seeing those amazing like improvisers and stand-up comedians, you know, at work doing their best. And I always, um, I feel like I always had a lot to say as a person, but nobody really gave a shit about what I had to say. It was more like, oh, you stand over there and you look pretty. Like, oh, that sucks. Oh, what am, what part am I playing? Oh, you're going to stand over there, you know, and say hello. But <laughs> <laughs> not only that, like I would have, you know, very small roles, mm. one-liners or speaking Russian or with a very thick Russian accent. So when I like open my mouth, people don't even like expect me to be able to speak. Mm. And I'm like, but this is not who I am. I want my fans to know who I am. And I felt like stand-up comedy was like a real opportunity um, to connect with my fans as well as, um, you know, tell the world who I really am and tell some stories and um, my opinions. I'm a very opinionated person. And uh, I like, you know, making a few <laughs> <made of> jokes <laughs> about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So you did not help him come in. Okay, good. That's good. <laughs> By the wow. way, uh, with what you said, where you, you know you don't so much like being, you know, typecasted. So are you telling me that the female reboot of Rocky Four is out? <laughs> oh my! <I> know. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Hey, man. Hey. I hope not. Sounds like a disaster. <laughs> I'm just wondering who they get to play as Rocky at that. I don't know. No. We're gonna bring Dana in the conversation. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Drago, right? Hey, somebody in the yeah, in I, the I comments that really likes Ivan Rocky. Drago. Tell Ivan. See, Kat, Stefan was definitely going to oh, know I, so. I i love those movies bro and then the 80s action stars man you come on come on that's what i grew up on dude you gotta know that, <laughs> i i guess i didn't understand it so much as a kid the first one because i'm like mom what but he lost <laughs> hey, man, like he I, lost the fu- well like this is the movie he lost <laughs> and they're like yeah. That that's one of those things where you know that not only is that movie inspiring because of what he had to go through just to get it made because his his life story itself like some artists is is basically like if you can't make it happen for yourself and you're only waiting for other people to make it happen for you, mm-hmm. it may it may not happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? So I'm you know. stand up to be discovered. That's right. That's right. You know? Hope, hoping that one day somebody will see my clip or my TikTok and be like, yeah. Rambo 4 is in the making. We have the female Drago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You never, you never know. You never know. You know? <laughs> uh, let's see here. By the way, uh, hi. Hi. Oh, How are you? I'm, and my apologies. Uh, the other thing ran way over. I had no idea. So thank you for being here with us. So happy to meet you. Mm-hmm. And um, I heard you did the Dow Comedy Dowathon. Did you? 
Were you on? Uh, yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Like I, I mean, we did. There was no way to know everybody. Like I was. Yeah. I think yeah. I did the ten o'clock Sunday night. Like that was an you know an amazing uh-huh. uh, experience. Oh, I yeah, saw her so perform. She, she did really good. Uh-huh. I I watched seven hours of it that day, and then by the end of the night, I was like. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I watched a little bit of a show before and after, but oh, it's hard. It's hard, right? Like anything that goes over an hour or two, it's just <laughs> right, right. It's, t- it's tough. Oh, no, I, agree I agree with you. Like sitting on Zoom, I just kind of um, yeah, I, I know I the feel feeling. Like- I feel like my brain cells are dying, you know, as the right. time because you know it's so hard. Like I have to check out the beard, you know. I have to check out uh, myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what what doesn't work for everybody, what works for me, if you want to end a Zoom meeting, is I just start taking off my shirt, and like that ends the Zoom meeting really quickly. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> like, oh, leave, leave, click, 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 click. I tend to say the same thing for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody usually wants to log off at that point. <laughs> oh man! Uh, next thing, are you uh, still doing acting or modeling, other than yes. comedy? I'm oh, acting. Really? I never really? stop. Um, I also write. I'm modeling. Wow. It's kind of like you know, again. Once I turned 40, you know, uh-huh. model, everybody's like, oh, you, you should like totally like post all the bikini pictures. But I'm like, guys, I have dignity. Like, <laughs> like I don't want children, half of my, I'm 42, children mm. half of my age comment horny comments on my Instagram uh, post. You know? ah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. I feel yeah. like a MILF. Like, it's just. <laughs> Modeling is great, but I had a twenty-something-year career. You know what I mean? No, like, I I don't need validation uh, around my tits anymore. Like, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it'd be really weird for someone in your living room. Hey, your mom's hot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been with friends where that's happened. That's just uh, oh, that's just guys, actually. Well, no, I know, but it, you know, a little, little uncomfortable, a little uncomfortable. You know, it's like your mom's do right you, there, bro. Do you remember your first modeling gig? Like, like, do you remember? I do, actually. Wow. You can call it a modeling gig. Um, uh-huh. I think I was re- I really wanted to model back in Russia when I was okay. eighteen. Mm-hmm. And I entered the very first competition beauty contest in my hometown. It was Miss mm-hmm. Nizhny Novgorod, I think, 1995. Okay. <laughs> the first ever model, like Miss of the City ever, ever. Wow. Okay, 1995. Take me back. Had we had, had were we still Soviet Union or were, or were you guys? It was Russian Russian Federation technically, but we still had Soviet Union passports uh, till like Okay, got it. It wasn't okay. possible for everyone to like switch them overnight. So, anyways, I registered for the competition and they mm-hmm. also decided to start a modeling agency since they oh. just signed up all these women. Right. And uh, they're like, Oh, there's this great modeling job we have for you. And I'm like, Yes. They're like, uh, it's gonna be for a detergent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna be like you're wearing nothing and covering yourself with a sheet. 
and then <laughs> be like a detergent in front of you. And that was like my real shoot. And I did really well. And that was all, only like for my region because I guess some right. monster got paid in detergent and oh. he know how to freaking sell it to people without any advertisement. So I was <laughs> advertising for the detergent, which was horrible, I think. But the last line is the modeling agency, I think I got paid hundred dollars for mm -hmm. that shoot and modeling agency kept it as the registration fee for my beauty contest. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So they didn't pay you. I mean, ultimately like, oh, ultimately, yeah. I zero dollars we're going to reward you with another job how's this this yeah. time you're also going to be naked covering yourself with just a sheet this is for spaghettios <laughs> oh, um, this is going to be for spaghettios yeah <laughs> oh boy <laughs> lynn, lynn sun says hi hi lynn what's up good to see you oh yes Lynn Sun, another one of the great comics that has been on our show before. Yes, I'm second place in the Uncle Clyde's, um, what is it? The Uncle, Uncle uh, Clyde's Comedy Contest. Contest, right, right, right. So she was oh, number yeah. two. She came up oh, very, oh, yeah. you guys are, uh oh, I apologize. I just heard something. Oh, you're good. Was that Can we, I don't know if you can, I know my, I, my name, and I thought it was over, so my apologies. My neighbor, like we're all on Zoom, right? So my neighbor's kind of, she had this gig today where she was like DJing all day. And she told us that there would be a couple of times where she would have to like turn up the music super loud. And, um, but I thought it was like, she didn't warn me. Like I thought by now, like based on the time she gave anyway. So I apologize you guys. But yes, Lynn won second place in the <laughs> Uncle Clyde's comedy oh. contest. Um, so very excited. Just a big shout out oh, yeah. to one of our listeners. We're happy, you know, obviously we're happy to have you in such a great community of comedians oh, here tonight yes. everybody go follow, follow lynn she's hilarious and she also has a talk show i think or something yes yep. like she has two i think at the this late point. late night mom show and uh, uh and she's got what? another one uh type in the lynn if you're in there type in the name of the second one so that we oh know. yeah and find her on on youtube she's on youtube late night mom mm -hmm. show yes uh, can't miss it. uh let's see here who who uh comic wise who was like uh Who's like a few of the comics that actually uh, have influenced you as well? I'm very curious. Oh, it's so interesting. You know, like how like people of color would watch movies from the 80s and never see themselves. <laughs> and yes. they couldn't really identify with like anyone or anything. I mean, it's a bad example, maybe, but this is how I feel about comedy a little bit because mm -hmm. you know, comedy was also like white male dominated for so long, yes. um, and like I guess the only person that had some Russian descent was Yakov Smirnov. Oh yeah, I mm. oh yeah, <laughs> and he's probably like the only one who kind of like. Um, you know, he, he really became like an all-American sweetheart. A lot of people love him. He's so funny and he's oh, yeah. so kind. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, if one day I could open her for him, that would be a dream come true. And, so, now, he does, and now he does videos for PragerU. He does? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's part of the cult, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I could kind of sense something in his um, <laughs> in one of his videos. There was a lot of um, philosophical 
thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Easy. a little bit, you know, too far-fetched. But, hey, he's still my hero. Come on. Oh, no, Come yeah. he's still, he's country still and making it as a stand-up comedian headliner in America, I think this is huge. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, no. yeah. Uh, I have so, to Nick. ask. Oh, oh, oh well, Nick, Nick was just asking real quick, just in case yeah. you have one. I don't think we're going to assume you have one, but Irina, mm -hmm. what's your favorite vodka? So, okay, in Russia, like, I can I can bring my vodka cabinet here and show you all what. <laughs> when you walk in a liquor store in Russia, you'll see hundreds and hundreds of vodka brands. Wow. And if you start seeing the ones that are too familiar, it means they started getting mass produced mm -hmm. and they're no longer good. So the only ones that are good are the ones that are made in small batches local mm. and they don't really go to other regions so mm. every time somebody like comes to visit me here they bring their vodka and it's never the same one or <laughs> you know maybe there's like a new brand that just got started and that's what everybody's drinking like it's there's so many like this is you can't just say there's one vodka just like you can't say like what's the best tequila in mexico mm. And then you go to Mexico and there's even more tequilas than what we have here. And they're all amazing. Yeah. And they're all, you know, art and right. awesome. <laughs> I got to ask a question. I know it's like not about comedy or modeling. Um, I'm sure you see this chessboard in the back behind me. Yeah. Um, yes. Do you play? Yes. I'm yes, I did. So here's the thing. Like, I got to <laughs> tell you, like, I, say that again. I'm sorry. I missed it. What did you say? Yes. I'm and Russian. Uh, yes, yeah, and so so here's so funny you say that. Like, so when I talk to people about chess, they're always asking me, like, well, what's the youngest? I said, well, in America, the youngest I've taught is four. Typically, we're at five. I said, but here's the thing, you guys. In Russian, in Russia, they're teaching them out the womb. I said, what? and I have seen, I said, I have looked on YouTube and I saw what had to be I don't know if that baby was two. That baby was castling and hitting a clock. And I was like, so you can never convince me that anybody is too young to learn to play. I was like, that's only I in this. I, I said, because, because they're playing in Russia. And I'm like, you know, as far as I know, they didn't get better brains than we got over here. So we could do it if we wanted to. So I was just curious because like, you know, I'm into the Polgar sisters just uh -huh. a little bit and, you know, totally much respect to Susan. I've got her book. I've never met them, you know, but just, and I'm not, and I tell people I teach because there's so much to learn in the game. I'm, I'm an okay player, but I'm a, you know, I'm a great teacher because I think that the game just can teach you everything in the whole world. I really believe that. So I was just curious. I was just curious yeah. because I would love to like, I don't know. I would, I would love to play you. I, I doubt you probably whoop me in a minute, but I would love to play you. I would love to play you. I haven't played in a very long time, but I would say we should totally do another broadcast where we just play chess and see what happens. Yes. But yeah. I, I may, I may need like a rehearsal match before that just to, but you know, like once you learn chess, you can never forget it. That's what I tell people. It rewires your brain. And I already know you probably have the most awesome rewired brain. I'm telling you, we sit down, you, it's going to take nothing for you to get in stride and flip the whole thing on me. And th there I am crying <laughs> tears while you're yelling well, what's checkmate. So what's so funny is I think, um, as long as I remember myself, I was playing chess. Because right. I was brought up by my grandparents primarily, 
And uh, I mean, we didn't even have a rotary phone. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned how to read uh, by, you know, the titles of the newspapers. The okay. first word I read was probably Pravda, which is like the biggest like Russian communist newspaper called The Truth. Mm. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. right. a democracy we had the truth <laughs> oh well we have that here too just look on facebook enough and uh, there's so many people going truth to so many things people post yeah we truth. Say, you think fox <laughs> right, 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 right. yeah the only fair and balanced place <laughs> I, um, I, that's so amazing i can't wait you know i'm looking forward i'm looking i think it's going to be totally fun and i like it's so like I, I'm looking forward. I've taught like special needs, and even in that classroom when I've taught like special needs, obviously I can't teach them to play a whole game. But like I had a kid once who could name the squares, and all the teachers were like, "We can't get him to say his alphabet, but when you come in here, he can understand like a one or and he'll see." I, I could I managed to teach him the names of the squares, but they're like, "You don't understand when you're not here. We struggle with him and the alphabet, and we." Wow. with him and the I numbers but there's something very... about what you do so i just i just know i feel like everybody you know i just think there's something everybody can do there Man. and um so you know just went it's so know. cool that you teach it because i think it's so important for development to learn strategy and mm-hmm. i think kids don't really do much of it i mean maybe some children still play some kind of board games but it's not very common everyone's on their devices right. and this this game's been around, I don't know, thousands of years. Game yes. of chess, right? Mm-hmm. And you never get tired of it. Um, you never forget how to play it. It's always entertaining. I mean, I, I think it's great. I, yeah. I, I Let's do this. Let's do let's this. Let's do this. When I was younger, we used to do Tetris. Which yeah. is, was also also originally uh, made, uh, what, famous in Russia, right? Tetris. It was a Russian game. She's no? Like, no, cool. Uh, the, guy, the guy, the guy, I think the guy did come from there, but I don't know. Well, if he maybe made, made it. I don't know if he made it there, though. I, oh, okay, I, he could have made it here, but again, it's like in Russia, we didn't have computers growing up. Like I, I'm one of those people who grew up and went to school in analog everything, rotary mm-hmm. phones, and then you know I became an adult in the digital world. So, right. So yeah, it was created by a Russian software engineer in '84, but I'm sure. You know, he eighty four. He's probably here. So yeah. Uh, yeah. In eighty four, we ha- only had the truth newspaper. No Tetris. No Tetris. No. Zero. Darn! Not even Burger Time. Damn. Oh. Um. <laughs> we didn't have burgers either. <laughs> so no burger time. Darn. No burger time. I mean, we could have had burger time, but we didn't know what burgers were, so. <laughs> so we did the purpose. Did you want to put up the segment? Well, and just saying, I do have one more question though. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned you didn't have burgers. What? Because since I don't know this, would be a a regular meal, like a, not a regular, but I'm saying. A frequent meal you would have in Russia that maybe we don't know about. Oh, that's a really good question. I love the questions today, you guys. You guys are so Yay! fun. Still like out of the box thinking, not like every normal podcast I go on. Um, 
So in Russia, you know, both parents usually worked, mother and father and kids had to come back from school and make, make themselves food. And I actually have jokes about it because <laughs> like, I mean, I was independent since like the age of six, you know, like I had to open, I had my key to open the door to warm up my soup. So the parents would make a big pot of soup or borscht for the whole week. Oh. And that's what you eat because it's there, you warm it up and you don't have to think about it. And that's what most families did and maybe potatoes. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like, a, like a stew kind of soup? Um, yeah, meat, chicken based. Usually she and borscht, borscht is the beet soup. Oh, and okay. she is the same thing without the beet. Oh. oh. Yeah. And then the potato, so not, not French fries, just potato? Potato. We didn't really know what French fries were until you know late nineties when McDonald's came. And that's <laughs> when it all went downhill. Yeah, right. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> people had to stand like for hours just to get like a burger and fries, and then they're like, "Ooh, that's potatoes." You know, <laughs> same potatoes. <laughs> well, uh, well. Uh... Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to bring up our next thing. We, we usually do this every week. Now we're going to be doing it every other week or certain weeks. Here is our idiot of the week. And uh, Irina, you wanted to stay around for this? You know, I may have to bail only because um, I can get really mad after watching the debates. And i have so much opinion that i don't think the internet can handle right now so, <laughs> darn that'd bring our ratings up uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you guys it's just i'm just mad at the world and i just hope everybody votes and we have a new president next year mm -hmm. and uh this whole situation of um your idiot i'm not gonna yeah reveal who yes. that is Yes, so, we we don't want idiocracy to be the end movie for America, right? I can't like I can't. I, I just realized I got so mad that I can't even compose my words right now. Okay, but I love you guys and thank you so oh, yeah. much for having me. Okay. And the trust match in the future. Yes, I'm gonna hit you on like Instagram, and we're gonna figure out a way to make that like happen. As, yeah. you know, as soon as we're as soon as we're available, because I want to play you at a board. I don't want to just play online. I want to yeah. get a board if that's okay well, with we you. We can have boards. We can have like even oh, that's true. Kind of set up like I can just make your move. Your moves, right, right, yeah. right. and that's what I, I tell my students. Yes. yes. All right. So that, so we're gonna figure that out, Irina. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Russia versus America. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right, we're going to bring this article up now. Okay. Um, Did you need to step out really quick? I do, I do, I do, just okay. for a second, for a second. For okay, a second. you're good, you're good, you're good. If everybody's wondering what's going on, we don't know. Um, so, <laughs> today is a weird day. That's okay. Fact check. Did Barrett, this uh, Amy Kobe, whatever her name is, Barrett, yeah, Amy Coney Barrett, like the island, Rule that calling a black employee the N-word does not create a hostile work environment. Now, this was actually, PolitiFact said it was half true. Mm. Okay, so basically, um, 
she did not directly come out saying that calling a black employee the N-word does not make for a hostile environment, uh, but she uh, she did write an opinion that one claimant who was called a racial epithet by a former supervisor was not sufficient evidence to support their claim of a hostile work environment. So she said it, but she didn't say it, right? Right. So how idiotic is that, really? Uh, like, yeah. come on. Like, and, and here's the thing. I also, not only is it... I think idiotic on her part, like just crazy. But I think it's, I think even anyone who's saying that we have to fact check that she didn't say that the N word is on. Okay. I think they're idiotic too. I think the fact that someone had to question this being the ruling by saying it's kind of a half truth. That's idiotic too. So I think she's the idiot of the week. And I think they are the media idiot of the week. That's just me. Like, yeah, I think, she didn't I think, exactly say it, you know. Like, right. like she didn't not exactly a... say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's like, uh, I think I peed, but I, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, and maybe it wasn't. I did pee. not say yeah. <laughs> it. Was it was yellow, but it wasn't pee. It was lemonade. It was. That's right. what it was. <laughs> I did not. I did not say that I pissed on your house. I said that I urinated on your walls. <laughs> Stop misquoting me. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, that's that's just crazy, dude. She she's just racist, dude. Let, let's just be straightforward with it, you know. And they were just. Well, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So what were you gonna say, Danny? You don't know what? Well, I I don't know if she's she's she, like if she's racist. I wonder if she's one of those people that doesn't know she's racist. Like one of those ones that like says things and goes, <sighs> you know, I'm not a racist, but have you ever noticed their food smells really bad? Oh my lord. But here's and here's what I still say to that. I was like, but you still have to be accountable. Like just because you don't feel racist, it doesn't mean that you're not. And and the thing is, Barbara, I think her name is DeAngelis, but you know, the book there's a book, and why don't I know the name of it? The fact is everybody has these biases, and whether you call them racism or whether you use this word bias, they exist their outcomes and the damage that they've done are the same. And I think all any, any group that is of, you know, of, of a cultural difference, minority, and I can only speak for black people. All we're saying is be willing to acknowledge that there are implicit biases in you. You could not live in this country with its media and its, its history and the way that an hour, I won't say it's the way that it's taught and not have these yeah. biases. Yes. Like, and here's the thing, my issue is, I, you know, without being overly political, because it is it is the week, just acknowledge them. Don't you, you do, you'll do better with all of us. If you just say, you know what, Hey, you're right in ways that I don't think about, nor am I conscious of until it comes up. I do have some biases oh, yeah. because, because the thing is at the end of the day in this country, I can only speak in this country. It would be impossible not to. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be impossible. You'd have to be a special kind of individual to be to 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 be Quakerish, meaning that you see everybody as having divine light and and you function out of the space of knowing that everybody has divine light. Because I guarantee you that if this article was not about the N word and was about some other culture, there would be no fact checking. But any time that the, the experience that 99% of us have had as African-Americans in the first place 
is that we're never believed. And you can look at maternal mortality rates in this country. You know, Serena Williams is our best example on how doctors have treated uh, black women. And you can, there's so many things you can look at and they would all say that they don't think that they're racist. They would all say that they don't think that da, 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 da. But just the fact that you don't believe me when I tell you is an issue. And people struggle accepting that and understanding that that is racism. I don't say that it is an intention in your heart, yeah. but it is racism. Does that yeah. make sense? Everybody understand? <laughs> yeah. No, I do. And oh, yeah. and I, I was listening, but I also had to bring up this picture because, I mean, this picture is pretty good at showing the psycho in the eyes. Here she looks more like um, Carrie's mom. Do you remember the movie Carrie? Oh, yeah. Like she's, yeah, she's about to, like, give her a thing. But, oh, go away, ad. Oh, this ad will end. This ad must end. <laughs> must end. Oh, but it's telling us to vote, so go vote get rid of people like this you know mm -hmm. although if she gets... you know, the, the, the democrats are planning to boycott okay so but every every picture of her she's got this psycho stare that just makes you think she's got kittens in her basement now this article that i also found was about how she served as a handmaid in a christian group called people of praise this is a group that believes women are supposed to be subservient to their male counterparts this is a group that is extremely oh. like, like literalist, uh, I guess, liter biblical literalists. And um, it, it, unfortunately, here's the thing. It's not that someone would be religious. I'm going to get rid of that article. It's not that someone would be religious. It's the fact that if they lead with that in all their, in, in every single, you're supposed to be an impartial judge. You're supposed to look at the laws. Right. And everything about her past says that she's not going to do that. She's going to do right. some manifest destiny shit. Right. Oh. Okay. I hear what you're saying. She's not going to lead with rational thought and not going to look at, like, you know, use her life experience. That mm -hmm. she can use something else to make decisions for her, right? Like rolling right. dice. It's like, yeah, it doesn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a tough one. Idiot of the week for sure. And like I said, I I um I indict the I indict the um the the outlet that would you know that would say we that's half true. Like only the only reason that you I guess they were trying to call it a half truth is because you can't no one can actually write down that it was this word. So it's the idea yeah. that you can't prove person there's nothing that is um explicit there's the word that says that explicitly this is what was said, but everything around the story indicates you know, yeah. uh, th that's the oh, word. Yeah. Oh yeah, all, all all parties need to, you know, regardless of what party, uh, politically need to get out and uh, and vote. Vote and need to really uh, try to uh, protest this judge in any way. Not not because she's a woman, but because she's just certainly not the right person for. She's the not job. fit. Much like Brett Kavanaugh, <laughs> we're, we're stuck with one. We're stuck with Brett Kavanaugh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Until they either a um, and he was just the fool's fool and they just, you know, and I, I couldn't understand that one either. Um, but, um, you know, the, the Democrats are, I, I do, I do. Yeah. Well, I, I do sympathize with him on one thing. I like beer. Oh, Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Yeah. I like beer too. Um, it's kind of <laughs> interesting that that's like his, his number one quote was I like beer. 
It's yeah. not the his name is the... yeah. His name is spit in my mouth like total spit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, just I wouldn't even you know just on the, the the women piece, not even anything else. I don't you know I just um, but um yeah, I, they're all classified as idiot of the week, and I just but there is like so the Democrats are planning a boycott on Monday. And prayerfully, that will, you know, get us bias. You know, I'm trusting that the, the taxes will buy us some time. The other thing is, if they can do that, um, and that's why I, I tell people always, you know, let's work in the affirmative because if we can flip Georgia blue, which looks like it could happen, and I and I'm on the yeah. front line of giving to this, giving to the senator's campaign who can flip it, we have a chance to to stop this. And I just think it's it's like surgery; you have to handle it carefully. And so yes. I'm totally, I mean, I, like, this is the part where I don't, I feel like I don't want to go too serious on everybody because this is maybe another podcast that I have to do. But I think that, you know, how we speak about these things actually matters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially um, for the public at large that maybe won't look up the, the background of, of her and what she's done or, right. you know, things like that. And it you won't know, be enough. It won't be enough. And there are things that just don't, yeah. you know, like, because to, 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 a, to, a to an unfortunate number of people, that she ruled this way doesn't matter. There was another ruling that was extremely horrific and dark about the the, the young woman in a prison and being impregnated by a guard. Oh, and that, yeah, yeah. Like that, like the, like the things that clearly she has. And again, you know, Brett Kavanaugh had a different type of negativity and darkness attached to him. But as someone who has served. I love it. Dumpster fire inside of a dumpster truck. Yes, Irina. That's it. That's it. That's it. Like, and I feel bad. And, and exactly why Irina didn't want to stay is why, like, and I'm still talking like this is because this is why it's all so hard. You know, like, I just feel like there's, she's been serving since 2017 on the lower circuit court of appeals. You know, yeah. I think if we, if there was anything that we had known to do at that time, we, sh we, we should have been as um, aggressive to stop that confirmation. You know what I'm saying? Um, because that, that would not then have put her on this path. Like I, again, another podcast, another day, people don't get, Irina and I were just talking about chess, everything that is done by the part, that party. And I'll give them that credit. They play chess. They don't play checkers. They understand. They understand that they understood that putting her on that circuit court of appeals in 2017 would give her this opportunity. It may not have come if, you know, if we hadn't, if, um, RBG hadn't passed, it may yeah. not have come this soon. But yeah. they knew what they were doing when they confirmed she was she was his first confirmation to that lower court when he got in office. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is none of this is an accident, not at all. And then uh, Mitch McConnell and he spent the summer continuing to reach out to retiring judges to mm. fill their seats with more like her. Yeah, he's, he, he's one guy that, if, you know, he just didn't wake up tomorrow. I'd, I'd be OK. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I try to I try to be very careful because if there was any place I had a very dark and petty heart, it would definitely uh, be Mitch McConnell. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, he, he, he cock blocks everything, man. Dumpster fire in a dumpster yeah. truck. Oh, that's uh, who, uh, oh, Irina again. Hey, oh, there's yeah. Susie. Hi. I'm so sorry. Uh, if you guys want positivity now. Uh, somebody got a name, okay? <laughs> so if anybody wants to help me name him, it'd be great. And then Ooh. we'll go into the reason why I had to step out in the middle of the show for him, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, you can call him El Pastor. Uh, like tacos? <laughs> That's my favorite tacos, damn it. I'm going to call my dog tacos. El Pastor. Oh, call, call him Fluffer. 
fluffer? Fluffer. I don't okay. know. I mean, it's well, if once you know what a dog, fluffer, it's just gonna be once weird. you know what a like, fluffer is, you don't want to call him a fluffer. <laughs> That's why he's smiling. What is it, like a sex term? What is that? It, it's yeah, it's for for adult. <laughs> Stuff, it's yeah. someone on the set that doesn't actually get on camera, but is very busy in the process. Oh, that's right. What you call him, a female comic that I was on a thing with. Beautiful, uh, um, Very beautiful. Um, talked about a fluffer. She was on a, a film that was at Cannes and that <laughs> it was with a guy who was a porn star of that era and that a fluffer. That's where I've heard that before I had to come out of. So yeah, so we don't want to call the baby that. No, not. He, I definitely don't. Uh, if it's associated oh. to porn, I definitely do not. Well, oh, we first of all, I love that I, I got a, a conversation from a puppy to go to that. That that's I'm putting that on the wall. You guys are disgusting. <laughs> we do we do have some people who have names in the Ooh, uh, audience like in the that? chat. We got Brutus. Oh, I like that. Uh, we, got Brutus. Na we got Brutus. We got Nacho. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh -oh. Anthony with peanut butter. Yeah. No. I mean, it's cute. <laughs> oh, it's a puppy, but then I can't imagine like peanut butter, like peanut butter jelly time. Gotta get your peanut ass over here, peanut butter. <laughs> I told, um, I told, I was told that you give dogs, and I've never had a dog. I, I hear that you give them two syllable names so that when you're training, it's it's important. So Nacho and Brutus, these are great. Nacho names. Libra. Uh, I mean, that would make sense. I would think so. Um, I mean, mm. I I have a husky that I share with my ex. And she was a breeze to train. Her name was her name is Sammy. So that was easy. Say that again. Her, her name, her name the, the husky that I have is Sammy. And she was yes. so she was a breeze to train. I had no problem. She understood commands or when we'd call her. Um, I had a Chihuahua who unfortunately is no longer here. Right. Her name was Mia. She was so dumb. She was so dumb. I loved her so much, but she was so dumb. My suggestion so, for a name is my suggestion for a name is Sandy. That's because it's Sandy. It's just, is that a Sandy. boy or a girl? It's, it's dog? a boy. It's well, a to boy. me, you could do, but you could do either. There's, there was a, there, there was a, what was a, I, but I don't want him to be a bad guy. There was a basketball yeah, coach, yeah, Sandy something. Um, but if he was the bad guy, um, uh, <laughs> I think well, we were talking about earlier, Ivan Drago. I, Ivan. I'm, I'm not gonna give him a bad guy name. Like, I, okay, so this is like, this is what I did. I'm horrible. So um, well, when I was moving into my apartment, they asked if I had an emotional support dog or a service dog. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I have an emotional support dog. And they're like, okay, mm -hmm. we're not going to ask you anything. We just want to know his name. And I was like, okay. And so I put on the paperwork Maverick, but um, it was for a non-existing dog that I didn't know I was going to have yet. Um. And I, uh, technically, his first paperwork <laughs> is under Maverick, but I never actually decided if I was going to keep it. Well, Lawrence, Lawrence is how old is he? Uh, he is uh, almost three months. Uh, He's an Australian well, Shepherd. Well, I think this is the perfect way to segue into our next guest, who might give yes. you a name during oh. her act. We have a great comedian with us tonight. She's actually going to do a stand-up set for us. Please, everybody, welcome Susan Ware. Hello, welcome, Susan. Hey, let's go ahead and spotlight Susan's uh, spotlight, okay. Susan. Okay. Yeah, here you are. Go I am it. so depressed after that conversation. I just want to put a knife in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't know if I could do anything. 
funny. Oh, oh my God. Uh, okay, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do my five minutes. Um, I'm timing myself, so I've got it. Okay. Um, I was going to pierce my nipples, but I was afraid of the pain, so I got clip-ons. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbor has three kids. They're all spoiled. She threw them out. <laughs> we were so poor that we ate dough for breakfast. And then we went out in the sun. <laughs> I was an overweight teenager. When I got on scale, it always said, come back when you're alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying my, my uncle's second wife is unattractive. But if you put a bra on her, she bucks. <laughs> I think my neighbor changed his mind about jumping off the building because halfway down I heard him say I changed my mind <laughs> I can't give birth I don't have it in me my cousin's cross-eyed she keeps walking into herself. <laughs> oh, man. I said, do yourself a favor and get rid of your nose. <laughs> I thought I met Mr. Wright, so I brought him home. Turns out he doesn't go with my furniture. <laughs> my neighbors hate each other so much. When he had a heart attack, she wrote to 911. <laughs> I'm the worst kind of Catholic. I'm an atheist. <laughs> I went on a dating site for people my age. All the men were dead. <laughs> All right, hold on. Do my time here. Um, I had my first limousine ride. I asked the driver to go faster. He said he couldn't because we were behind the hearse. <laughs> I told my therapist I was really depressed. He said sometimes life isn't for everyone. <laughs> I hope the last thing I say on my deathbed isn't, why are you holding that hammer? <laughs> <laughs> A guy came up to me and said five little words that women rarely hear. Your money or your life. <laughs> I want to go to Raging Waters, but I'm not mad enough. <laughs> the best sex I had was when I was in my 20s. I remember one night I had faked three orgasms. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. 
Uh, I watched the game show, The Period. The Period. (laughs) 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 I watched the game show, The Pyramid. They had a guy on from Egypt. He won. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my. I only have forty-seven seconds left, so that's it. That's all. I- <laughs> Bye. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Very good. Thank you. I'm sorry. Very nice. So to 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 say again, you period or pyramid? <laughs> well, I said period. But it should have been pyramid. The the game show of the pyramid. You ever see that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I use the twenty thousand dollar pyramid with what Dick Clark used to host. Back yeah, that one. Yes, 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 yes. Good show. Sergio says he loves you, Susan. Oh, I love him. He, he looks handsome too. Too bad I'm so old. <laughs> I, can him, I can make him some vegetable soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so so after hearing some of your beautiful dark one-liners which i, I love those by the way oh, yeah. you know it's like I, I can't tell some of those they won't believe it yet i'll give myself you know a little while but um <laughs> what what brought you into comedy susan what what made you want to go and do these uh, jokes know, in front of you i have always wanted to be a comedian since i since not all, since I was like a sense of humor, but uh, I was oh, I was afraid. Fear got to me, and I couldn't do it. I was just too afraid. You know, I, I just I couldn't get up in front of people. I didn't even go to family reunions. That's how frightened I was. Um, <laughs> I have a different reason for that. Um, but <laughs> I um, when I got older, I kept thinking. You know, that one regret I had is that I didn't have the nerve enough, the courage enough to get up in front of people. So um, I decided I would do it. I decided I would start by taking a comedy class because I didn't know how else to do it. And I actually went, I thought, well, I'll go to the Ice House. I'll look that up, see if they have any comedy courses. And um, Bobby Oliver was teaching her class. At, at the um, yes. ice house. Yes. So I started going to her and then I got into it. And um, the first night, she always has a, after eight weeks of, of a course, she always has you perform. So it was at the ice house and um, it was my turn. I was waiting for my turn and I went completely blank, completely blank. I couldn't think of anything. And I said, to another comic, I said, I, I have to tell Bobby I can't perform tonight. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. So she just told me to breathe really easy, just take my time. And um, they called my name, and I went up there. And I, as I was walking up, I remembered my first line, and then I went through the whole thing. But I, it was absolutely nerve. It takes a lot of courage to go up in front of people, I think. Uh, because your ego's involved, the people are going to laugh, and uh, it's just, it's, but I've been through it, I've been doing, this is my, I think, my eighth or ninth year. Um, so I just love it. I, I don't do a lot of stuff, I don't travel or anything, but I just love doing it. It's something that now I don't have any regrets. It's, mm-hmm. it's something uh, that I'm glad I did. 
And and as a one-liner comedian that has done some dark material, has anyone ever been bothered by one of your jokes? Anybody confronted you about any uh, of those? Or? Well, I had one joke I said at the comedy store, and I've never said it since. It was that one time, and I, there was a little trickle of laughs, but I, I felt so um, guilty saying it. But the joke was something like... Um, you think the last Roman soldier who finished putting Jesus on a cross turned back to everyone and said, nailed it. And um, <laughs> I thought it was funny, but I didn't get that many laughs. So I thought, oh, maybe this is not right because people have this thing about Jesus. So I have never said this is the second time. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they have this thing about Jesus. Now that's awesome, Lisa. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting because I have heard some jokes that go, you know, and then it just depends if what room you're in for that one. Right. Um, yeah, there was a room, and and I mean the the people that laughed really laughed, but it wasn't like the whole place. It was more silent, just more silent. So I I just felt so bad. I thought well, maybe that's too dark. Dark. So I've never said. Well, yeah, I think we, it's a great. <laughs> we we don't we, we don't want to hear those kind of jokes now go back to reminding us of our mortality um <laughs> you know <laughs> which i love those jokes when you do those they're, they're so great um what what comedians actually inspire you which ones do you uh well you probably wouldn't remember them because you're too young but um <laughs> i used to hear um uh, sid caesar and imogene coca and um Martha Ray and I started seeing all these older comics on TV when the TV was still black and white, and um, that, that just made me, it did mama made me feel like a comedian. But I always admired them, and they always made me laugh. And I couldn't wait when they were going to come on. Uh, but later on, um, when I started wishing I would have enough in order to do comedy, then it was Phyllis Diller, it was Joan Rivers, it was Lottie Dangerfield, it was. Uh, uh, it was, I mean, I like Stephen Wright and I like Mitch Hedberg, but I never, uh, they didn't inspire me to do anything. It was when I was younger that, that I got the inspiration. Yeah, Steve, Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg are actually the guys that inspire me to get into it and do some one-liners type of stuff. Oh, really? Although I wow. have found... Yeah, I have found that a lot of people are now are asking you, well, instead of doing that, can you talk about yourself? And I'm like, that one's harder for me to do. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so uh, how has your, how's your experience uh, differed between being on stage more often and then now we're in this COVID-19 environment where almost everything is Zoom, which... How is that uh, changing things for you? Oh, I'd much rather, and I think everybody who does comedy meaning new people there also uh, would prefer doing it in front of an audience. You love to have that. There's an energy in the room. There's a, a just a kind of a, a feedback with laughter. So you kind of can tell what jokes are working, what isn't working. And you could actually have a joke that kills in a room one night and then the next night nobody laughs. So, you know, but there's that energy that, that I just love being on stage. Uh, and I would love to be in a really dark kind of cellar, like where you have to walk downstairs. <laughs> That's my idea of a, of a comedy. Room. Maybe uh, less smoke. You know what? I, I'm getting used to Zoom uh, because uh, I think we're gonna, from 
what everybody says, it goes back and forward from late um, summer or until even 2022 that we're going to have to be probably wearing masks and stuff. And so who knows how long this is going to last. So, you know, you either perform on Zoom or you don't perform, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are places that you can perform, but um, um, it's it's Zoom right now. But it's not, it's, it, I enjoy it, but it's, it's not the same mm-hmm. as being in a, in a room uh, with people drinking and, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? I was actually having this conversation. So I would produce shows before the pandemic at various locations throughout Southern California. And um, I most, uh, actually all the proceeds would go to veteran organizations. There is the uh-huh. American Legion and they've actually asked me to do an outside show. But now it comes with the burden of what if somebody gets sick? And I don't want to hold yeah. that guilt if somebody happens to get sick. It's not worth it. As much as I love comedy, the fear of getting someone sick, it, it, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So it, it's like, I I love this. I, I really want to perform. I really want to see people perform. But then there's always this, you know, like if somebody gets sick, it, it's not something small. The possibility is you could end up in the ICU. We're already broke comedians. Imagine hospitals <laughs> on top of it. Like, it's not going to work. Well, Stacey, the way that you handle that is when it happens, you look confidently at everybody and you say, not it. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. And then you're absolved yeah. from all oh. that. Oh. <laughs> I did perform at the Federal. They they were open in, in, uh, on Lancashire in North Hollywood, in NoHo. They, mm-hmm. they started to open back up. With less people, six feet apart and stuff, and I really like it, but they're closed again. So I guess that didn't work out for The comedy store had opened up their patio area. They got shut down by the city. Um, I think numbers were going up, so they ended up closing live entertainment again. I know there are still locations that are having live shows or drive-in shows, mm-hmm. but... I guess as the numbers spike, that's when you start getting shut down. Again, it goes back to, as a comedian, is it worth possibly getting sick just for the thrill of performing live with an audience? I I don't know how drive-thrus are yet. I haven't gone to a show yet. But can the comedians even hear your laughter? (laughs) I, I have to say, this is a well, they challenging little, They have that little, like, kind of, like, clicker thing. It's like those little plastic hands, and you go like that, and you move it. Well, and some places have taken to honking. Yeah. Some have actually allowed honking. And then some have but honking. that would be so distracting. As a person <laughs> on stage, I hear honking. I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm horrible? Does that mean it's funny? Yeah. Like, we're adapting and embracing. Did you hear the punchline over the car horn? <laughs> But you guys do know that in the rest of the country, they're handling it very different. Like I just looked up, Susan, this will be my question. In other parts of the country, they're handling it different. There are, there is a rise in cases, yes. But I just like, I, I've talked on here about my favorite comedian, Ali Sadiq. He has a full list of dates. And I'm not talking about three or four dates. I'm talking wow. about seven or eight dates. He's going to Tacoma, Washington, to Nashville. Um, like, like, so wow. did D.L. Hughley and he got sick. Say that again? Reality, so did D.L. Hughley and he got sick. It, so, it, so, okay, you, I, I can't hear you. Ali hasn't been sick. All I'm saying oh, is no, no, I'm using sick. him as an example. I, he was touring during COVID and he got sick. Okay. 
you're breaking up. I okay. I know DL got sick, but all I'm saying is everybody is not getting sick that tours, and everybody is doing their thing. Yeah. But DL Hughley did get sick. Like I'm not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if faced with the choice. But I was just saying, it, to Susan, it's a risk. It's not, yeah. It's a risk. I, I think. I think in California, we're you know we're framing the conversation based on what's happening here. I'm just saying that in other parts of the country, they're doing something very very different than what we're doing here. Like because I you know. So I'm just saying, I um, I think, Susan, would you travel? Like you were saying that you haven't necessarily been a road comic, but would you travel if given the opportunity at this time? Like, you know, to somewhere where they're, where they're taking the precautions? I, if, if I knew that everything was, uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to really know that, ever, that they were doing everything properly. And I'd have to know in that particular area if it's spiked or it hasn't spiked, it's going down. I know that Hanoi is doing live shows. So if you want to go to Vietnam, there's a there's a way to go. Um, I I would have I wouldn't mind going. I wouldn't not I'm not to Hanoi, but I would do a, a live show if I, everything was where like a plexiglass in front of me. I would do that. You know, it was on yeah. the stage and puts me away from the other. Right. Jimmy Shin is doing shows in Los Feliz um, and he's like, they're doing it in this kind of lovely park thing where it's, I think they can only sell either 25 or exactly 50 tickets. Very precise. So everybody is the six feet. Yeah. Everybody's wearing a mask. Da, da, da. Like I, I have a show. I'm doing my first outdoor show on November 14th, you know, and I went oh, and visited wow. one of their shows um, and you know, I'm still like, I'm pretty leaning toward doing it because there were, you know, I had to, my temperature had to be taken when I came in to see the show that I went to. You know, I wore a mask. I will say this in transparency. I wasn't as impressed by how well the audience wore their mask. But that said, like, I kept mine on. We kept our six feet, me and the person, you know, we went with whatever, whatever. So I'm just like, just looking at it like I, I am. Yeah. I think I agree with you 100%. Like, I think all the precautions, I have to feel very strongly and very comfortable about the precautions being in place to do it. And of course, even in the state of California, because it's, you know, the people are working it out, there are some guidelines. Um, and I know in the case of Jimmy Shin, because I just happen to know him, I know he went through, you know, the channels to figure out how, you know, what can, what's available within, you know, the ordinances. So I think it's out there for us. I mean, it's obviously not, like just walking up in the comedy store or the improv or any of the laugh factors, any of the things that we really, really want. But I think there's a way to move in the confidently move in the direction that we all want to go, which is the stage. It's just going to look different. Purple is, I mean, we could be over this much quicker uh, if people would wear their masks. These people uh, that don't wear their masks that feel that for some reason wearing a mask takes their freedom away. I, I, I really, you know. I don't get it. If, if, if more people would wear the mask, keep the distance, do what the government says, do what they're supposed to say, what the CDC says, uh, we would have less problems and more places. They're, they're the ones that are stopping places from opening because they're the ones that are making everybody because they won't follow rules. Right. You like my George Lopez mask? I don't have my mask with me. Here, let me just do this. Oh, there, there you go, there you go, Dan. Yeah, that'll work. All right, there we go. <laughs> that's his, that's his beard mask. I, I mean, I am 
I, I am disappointed <laughs> the way with certain things that California is doing nice in one. reference to outside like entertainment. But That's as nice. long as we avoid outside stuff, we should be fine. But... Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, there's things they can do, but they just have to be really careful, follow the protocols, follow the rules, be considerate of other people, make it about health and safety and what? not money. I know they got to make money, but I mean, they're just going to have to put that a little bit to the side. You know, if it if they allow 25, maybe do 15 or 20. So there's five less people that could, you know, possibly. I think outside is safer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the indoor stuff is the, the one. So when I went to Virginia, there's indoor dining still allowed. You can still eat inside. Mm -hmm. And I said oh. this before in previous episodes. I know more people who have had COVID in Virginia than here. Right. So restrictions are tighter, but honestly, I know a lot less people here who have had COVID compared to the uh, to Virginia. Uh, my family almost died. I've already had this conversation. Like I've already told you guys, um, but there are other people that I know that have had it directly. I am sad to say that a friend of mine whose father got COVID here in California just passed away last week. Um, it's, it's, it's a sad reality, but I, I think if we stick outside, we should be fun. Well, Su Susan, tell the people where we can see you coming up, any coming up shows, any places we could see you on a regular basis. Uh, no, you can't see you on a regular basis. <laughs> um, I do. I do open mics, though. I do that uh, pants open mic. I do uh, Bobby Oliver's at Dow Comedy, um, locked in the room. Uh, so I, I try and do two or three open mics uh, during the week. And the, the only show that, that I know that I'm doing is going to be November 22nd. That's going to be at Slappers on the Hot Medusa uh, Ooh, comedy yeah. show. But that's the only that's, one I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing. And that's that's thrown by Suwan Weaver. Yes, right? Suwan. Uh, oh, yeah. Is yes. Mary Beckett, Suwan and Mary? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh. yeah. All right. Well, Susan, I'm wondering if you want to hang out with us a little bit longer to talk about commercials that have been in the past. Oh, I love, is good to I love you. Uh, okay. Right. Not me yet. Let, let me add this. I'm going to replace <laughs> you with, here, I'll put you, since you're the guest, I'll put you in the middle. Uh, yes, that way we keep you warm. <laughs> we'll keep you warm. Looks like I'm bottom. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. So we have favorite iconic TV commercials of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Ooh. Mikey likes it. Yes. Yeah. I, I really like these commercials after they got rid of the blindfold. Um. You know, when it was less I of a mystery. I think, I think it's what? cool, too, that this commercial ran for 14 years. You know, yep. like, you know, now, I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, people will see in this presentation that things, that's not the shelf life of commercials anymore, you know. <laughs> um, but this was a powerful one. I grew up on this one. Um, but I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, it's funny that it was on TV, Um you know, before and and oh my gosh, another one. This was one. This was, I think, just one of my favorites. Like period, period, period. There was another. You know what? This one makes me think of the other one that I didn't think of, but this one was so good because there was another one. You are my sunshine, Susan. Do you remember that one? I think Oscar Mayer had a "You are my sunshine, my only sunshine." You make me happy when Scott oh, yeah. McRae like 
Yes. But the, but the, the one yeah. I really love is where that kid is having a, uh, he's eating a, a Big Mac or not a Big Mac, but a, a Jack in a Box or something. And they tell him to talk about it. He goes, I can't because my mouth is full. And he talks with his mouth full. That mm. is hysterical. Uh, a lot of good stuff. You gotta, you gotta, we'll have to try to find it or something. I don't know. This one was, I'll, I have a confession session about this one. I think this one was very cool to me. Mikey obviously had dark hair, but like this one, I always thought, is the kid like, I mean, I don't think the kid is Mexican, but I just remember thinking when I was a kid, <laughs> right? But that, but that he, he wasn't like that, he was potentially a child of you know, some kind of color, like, you know, just because he wasn't, you know, just complete, like, obviously. Wait, that's Mikey. not Fred Savage? So anyway, I mean, I know that's not necessarily the case, but again, um, when Irina was on, we were having a great conversation about representations and looking for yourself in everything. So there was always this hope that maybe this kid, I mean, because I think I would think, well, gosh, his hair is awfully curly, you know, like just you know, and, and, and all that, but it was, but this was a good one. I just love, this one was a good one too. And we were talking about, you couldn't make me eat bologna now, but you know, well, it was funny. I think the Oscar Mayer Wiener song was a form of brainwashing that was there just to get people ready for when we had to harvest humans for meat. <laughs> oh my Lord. Give <laughs> this one. Oh yes. Where's the beef? Okay, I, I felt like I didn't know any of the commercials you guys have just previously mentioned, but thanks to VH1's That's the 80s show or That's So 80s, I know this commercial. Okay, <laughs> now I don't feel so like out of it. Right. When now, how long, Stefan, how long did this one run? Like, I can't, I only see the 1984. Uh, Is there like a. That's when it ran. I wasn't uh -oh. able to find a. Uh, Say it again. Oh, sorry. That that's when it ran. I wasn't able to find the length in which oh, it ran. Oh, the length of time. Okay, no, no, no. It did run for a while. Sorry. It did. It did. I, yeah, yeah, it did. It did. I think well, it ended me. when I think it ended when a bunch of women complained. They were sick of their husband's joke, walking in the bedroom, grabbing himself and going, "I got the beef right here." Oh no! <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my lord! Wow. Oh, I remember that. Uh, Yes, the California raisins. I remember. Yeah, I didn't and know they were was... raisins at first. No. <laughs> what did you think they were? Like, like rabbit poop or something? I, th I thought it was poop oh, no, too. Oh my god! I can't with you guys. I can't with you guys. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Hey, I Never. still somewhere have the 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 California raisins Christmas special on tape somewhere. Oh my god! This was yeah. a phenomenon, like from a commercial standpoint of view, and of course, again, growing up in a house where Motown ruled. That it was, you know, uh, Marvin Gaye's song. That it was, you know, or Marvin Gaye's, uh, whatever. Like he made the song. The most famous people you'd have to love music to know that Gladys Knight and the Pips also did it. Susan, you may know that. I don't know. They sang oh, Marvin Gaye songs. Yeah. Well, no, this the, the well the whole yeah like the grapevine because well, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, we should have. I guess next time if we ever do it, we'll we'll show the videos. We'll show the actual commercial. But yeah, so they would <laughs> different versions of the commercial. They would. Um, they would they would play that music. I heard it through the grapevine. That was and it. You Look know, how long it ran from nineteen ninety eight. 
Uh, another one, thir- 13 years. Commercials do not have that kind of shelf life now. And they still didn't get kids to eat more raisins. Uh, poor guys. <laughs> How do we know that? Do we know that to be true? No, I don't man? know that. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I did. I have to raisins, okay? Why? That's it. I'm not going past anything else. Oh, bud. Come on, oh, someone yeah. finish it. Bud. Why? What? Who's next? What, what did the girl that I was watching that one again? Uh, and because I hadn't watched it in so long, uh, oh, the Budweiser frogs, uh huh. Like, I had to watch it again because I knew what it sounded like, but I forgot about the like the girl, the girl frog in the distance. Like, oh, well, this should not have lasted for five years. This it's ridiculous that a joke like this lasted for five years. No, I I agree. Christmas, didn't they like belch out the Christmas theme or something? Like, okay. yeah, they, yeah, with all of these, there are several versions. I had, I, I would, I will look that up, but yeah, I remember something with Christmas hats, Stacy. To your point, <laughs> was it like Budweiser, 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 Budweiser? Probably, <laughs> probably not. Uh, <laughs> Budweiser, Budweiser, Budweiser. I, I gotta, now, now it's gonna bug me. Like, what did the girl used to say? The like, cause like I just, I literally just rewatched these, and I was just like, I forgot about that. Like the girl in the distance. But once he gets there, you know. Now well, I remember it. the VH1 show name. I think it's I love the eighties. And oh, I love this one I love. What's up? I love this one. See, this wow. one didn't last as long, and this was funnier. But uh, right. and and by the way, Nick actually foreshadowed to this in our in our comments. He put, oh. "What about was up?" Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, can I tell on you, Stefan? Can I tell on you, Stefan? Uh-oh. Did I tell something wrong? <laughs> no, no, no. You did perfect. But can I tell on you? Can I tell what you told me when you when oh, I was... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was... I was. Stefan <laughs> said he was not familiar with this. Like, he, he's not heard of this at all. And I was like, how is that possible? Like, I mean, it didn't... I know it only had three years, but it was... It was huge. And they had several... Like there's a top five because there was more, but anyway, anyway, I, like the guy in the yellow, I know he's still out here. He's an actor. He's whatever. I was telling Stephen that Charles Stone in the uh, rust color was the writer and the director. He was the one that created this idea. Oh, top and, left, the guy at top, yeah, top left. I mean, so, it was okay. put on to scary movie, so it was. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge, phenomenon. And the last thing I was going to say is Charles Stone actually his directorial, his feature directorial debut was uh, Drumline with Nick Cannon. So oh, and still, really? Still, and and the and time he was likable. And, and so. Before that, though, Charles Stone was directing music videos. So I know you guys have heard of The Roots and you've heard of Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, and yeah. oh. So he was directing. So Charles Stone was directing music videos way before this. And then he did this and it put him on the map in like in another way. Um, so, you know, so just uh, and this was uh, the, the um, advertising agency DDB, I think is called was like, we, you know, I was reading about it and they were just like very exciting because this was kind of the first viral video like something that went yeah. viral and you know and kind of operated in that way because of the time and because of you know what was going on <laughs> in our world well the and the thing is is that this became something where i was i liked it mm-hmm. until i worked in an office where i had to hear one guy say it every day <laughs> <laughs> he'd walk into the room what that? stop it just stop it now you're killing something funny well, especially after it was on Chappelle's show when they had something similar or the same thing. And 
And then after that, all my friends, that's that's all they would do every time I saw them. What's up? <laughs> yeah, but what? all that came from this. All that was yeah. just, you know, because I think the other Wasn't thing. Little, think little John that started that, though? Little John? Well, I mean, well no, this no, that's, that's before what? Little John. Okay. This was way before yeah, Little John. Oh, it was? Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm wrong. About... I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I would probably I would, waking up my kids. <laughs> you know, this, but I think this was just kind of definitely a nod to, you know, to hip hop uh, culture and to just the way that people, you know, that young men communicate, you know, and, and that this is that that says everything. So it's just it meant this one meant a lot of things in a lot of different ways. And it came at this great nexus of, you know, we were getting into Google owning YouTube around this time little after and you know so things it just came at a great point when the tide the way that the way that media became distributed amongst consumers was changing you know does anybody remember the channel called the box which was yes. basically just yeah. music videos you know since mtv was supposed to be only music videos but right, then right, it turned right. to really shitty tv it turned into okay. programming that was the then they had to come up with an mtv too <laughs> <laughs> I was, and that's the only time I would remember these commercials because the box would play music and I would play this all night, like Spice Girls, Britney Spears. But I remember these commercials because that was the only time I'd actually sit around for, for commercials. I was waiting for NSYNC to come up. <laughs> wait, so uh, wait, so Dana, do you remember the box? Am I the yeah. only one that does? Mm -hmm. uh, Me and you. I'm saying, yeah, because I was a music video fanatic. Like, before around the time of MTV, TV was still playing videos around the clock. There was on NBC late nights, there was a show called Friday Night Videos that would come on on Friday nights I, for I like 30 that. minutes. And then it, so it eventually would be an hour. If you had cable at that time, which was what early 80s to mid 80s, then TBS would ha had a show called Night Tracks. Night Tracks would come on at like TBS? 10 or 11 at night. Yeah, TBS, TBS, yeah, TBS. Because TBS is, in, you know, obviously it's an Atlanta based. Um, channel and it would they would play videos on night tracks from say like it would start about 10 at night and it would go easily till like four or five in the morning and then by the time the morning came they would do whatever their regular programming was but for a generation of us who were digging mtv because they were playing videos we would just surf between cbs night tracks Friday night videos on Friday night mtv just to watch music videos and just MTV jam See, I was a, yeah. a metalhead, so we had to go search our music outside of the pop sphere. We we didn't no, have wait, shows. Wait. No, we had one. So when Head the Bangers box ball. came along, Headbangers so Ball didn't along, count. It was just a great extension. <laughs> so the box, the box like was it. like a modernization of all of the things that we loved. Because I loved, and it I loved music videos twenty four seven. So you know how most channels after like twelve a.m. you get those commercials for like. Right. Want to buy Her. this CD with all these songs that you songs love. on it? It's the, the only time, uh, time magazine subscription. Yeah, or the time yeah, magazine. Yeah, so, so there was there was Lady the Columbia Club Red. for a penny, and then Time Magazine put out these collections. And oh, I used to buy those collections just, just for the record. I was still buying today. those collections. Oh, Dana, this yeah, one's for you. Okay, let's you're like, see. You like you like what Lauren put? Let's see what Lauren has. Wasn't Soul Train a uh, regular network TV like channel? KTLA. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was just all about metal and Smothers Brothers. 
So it comes from only a weekend thing. Oh, Lauren, of course. <laughs> Lauren, like, oh my God. Like, my sister and I, that's all we did. That was the culmination of every Saturday my whole life. Like, I still, oh, yeah. like, we still talk about the iconic moments. We still, a bunch of us still remember when Prince made his first appearance on American Bandstand. It was the most amazing shit. He sang soft and wet. And then when uh, Dick Clark talked to him, he would not say a word. Like literally, <laughs> Dick Clark was like, "You're 17." Because I think when he came on, when he when he did American Messi, he was like 17 or 19. And then Clark said, "Well, how long have you been making music?" And Prince just put up the number four. And uh, there's a whole group of us of uh, uh, Gen Xers who were like, we were sitting there with bated breath, and we still remember that he did not say anything all he did was put up the number four the hair was gorgeous was, but it was the prince of the 70s is a very different prince than you know every everything but shit prince of the every decade is probably different it, okay so very it's much crazy. soul train was my introduction okay remember very hispanic and i grew up in a super hispanic household with hispanic friends and everything because that's all it was in van nuys okay i was in ghetto in the hood and um <laughs> So the only introduction I had to African-American culture was Soul Train. Because in reality, MTV and The Box would play all these white people. And every now and then you get like Black Street. Every now and then. Like that was my jam because of the Rugrats. Right. But that's so funny because you're still talking, which is wonderful. You're talking about the 90s and like for every like i'm talking i agree with you like you got but you got it even you with 90s soul train is a very different soul train than what lauren and i would be talking about well, i think i don't know if no i, I agree because i would like see people like thrust their hips and i'm like what are they doing don cornelius don cornelius like but i don't know by the time you were watching stacy was don cornelius still hosting by the time you watched I don't know. I was so like in yeah, love probably with not this R and B. Like, okay, again, super. Like, I did not grow up, and then the TV did not play this music mm -hmm. often, so I just hear like R and B, like Babyface, and all this. And this is uh -huh. the only place I would be able to hear that music. So I don't know. I didn't grow like it was right. only on I think like once on Saturdays in the afternoon in the most random of times. That, well, that was, yeah, that's always the case. Yeah. All the whole well, time like, from my childhood because I've watched it. I do not remember not seeing Soul Train as a kid. And it only came on Saturday mornings. Um, in the morning? It, right. Yeah, it would come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Susan Ware is probably the only person that knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, it came on Saturday. So what it would it would come on. Like before, Amer I think American Bandstand was last. So I think you would watch. We what we did in in Huntsville, Alabama, was we would watch all the cartoons, and then the culmination of cartoons, um, with Schoolhouse Rock sandwiched <laughs> in between, with all the Schoolhouse Rock sandwiched in between. Then we would watch Soul Train. Then we watch American Bandstand, and then it would be time to do your day on Saturday, whatever that meant. At wait, Schoolhouse Rock played on regular programming. I thought it was oh. just something teachers showed their kids, so they didn't oh have my to teach the curriculum for the day. No, oh, yeah, we'll see, yeah, we this is so we need another whole show devoted to this. Just Schoolhouse Bill, Rock. It was an school, amazing maybe not a whole show, but a part. <laughs> <laughs> I think Susan Susan was going to say. Jan, we know. I think everybody knows what I mean, sir. <laughs> 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 I just, I, you know, and, and I, here's the I actually could do probably a whole show, but I understand not, you know, not this one. But um, no, like Schoolhouse Rock, Stacy came was like the commercials, but not commercials. So there were still commercials, 
but they would come on between programming on Saturday mornings. So all of that, when it came out on DVD, which I'm sure is now on Blu-ray, and now you could just go to YouTube and look at them, we were they were part of like how we were how I was doing a better job with my numbers than most kids because I was watching. So fives and you know the eights and the nines in the pool room and the the threes if you could skate a figure eight conjunctions like I still remember being like yeah so those came on between cartoons in the morning so you were so uh, for for our for us we were watching whatever the cartoons were then we would get like the interlude is like you know those would come on and then you'd watch more cartoons and then some more would come on you would easily see three or four every every Saturday morning Every Saturday. I feel like such an outsider in this conversation. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. <laughs> um, but everybody's uh, an outsider at one point, and then we bring right, you right, back. Exactly. In. I have to say, Welcome to my world. So no, but no, I so it's so but I love this. This is this is my favorite type of stuff. We're already at 10 o'clock. I can't believe it. But um yeah, like that's that's how those existed like that's we were we are a generation of kids who got to see them created in real time and all that good stuff you know <laughs> all right well it's it is 10 o'clock so it's time for the ending song everybody join in and now Bye. it's time to go there's no fucking ending song for this show. <laughs> Not yet. Baby shark. No. I will punch you, Stefan. I, I will go to your house just to punch Su you. Susan, Susan was going to say something. Was there something you wanted to say, Susan? Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm just like, oh, this is, this is oh. good. <laughs> By the way, is it bad that I taught my oh, kids to sing? Oh, what was that? Say that again, Susan. Wait, we didn't huh? hear you. What'd you say? No, I was really having fun. I, I could do another hour listening to you guys talk. It's fun. <laughs> My horrible singing. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> me too, Susan. I want somebody to touch me. <laughs> well, when I when I leave this room, everyone's gonna be asleep, and I'll be alone with my thoughts. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Lauren. Yes, our Saturdays were a lot the same, Lauren. Um, yep, yep. Um, and just thank you, everybody, for rocking out with us from week to week. Uh, we are so thrilled. Susan, we are so happy to have you on, my sister. Love you so much. And I have having me. I had a good, great time. Great time. Yes. Uh, uh, let me see. The, Nick, I, I, Nick has an interesting... Oh, oh, my God. Nick has a great comment. He says, one of the reasons I love being white and raised in West Covina was Soul Train. Um, <laughs> shit was Funkadelic. I love it. Like, <laughs> it's Funkadelic. <laughs> okay, okay, and I was gonna say, does everybody understand that Funkadelic oh, is a musical group? That's not know. like, yeah, fun Funkadelic is a music group. It's not an adjective. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, I knew before you say anything, Dan. I knew Stacy didn't, so that's why I started. <laughs> no, it, it could be, a, it could be an adjective. A lot of things can be an adjective. They could, but my point is, in that <laughs> reference, uh, I'm just trying to make sure that everybody knows that the word is, you know, from a group. Um, Thank you, everyone, for watching. We oh will my see God, you next week time. at I'm 8 p.m. on YouTube, yes. Twitch. Periscope and Facebook. Woo! Thank you. Bye. Bye, y'all. Oh.